3: Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios, and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international Warring author Mia molson The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific lady who's an energy healing practitioner and a um, the first attorney to receive a PhD in energy medicine and a very deep understanding of law and alternative uh, healing arts uh, from Polos University. Also provide consulting services for over 15 years and um, offers liability, risk management, consulting, and more. And she has a decade of legal and business experience in the entertainment industry with Walt Disney and ABC. And she has a new book out um, that basically is considered the gold standard in ethics, legal issues, and risk management strategies for practitioners of energy healing methods and offers the opportunity to earn a certificate of completion and prevent lawsuits, malpractice, negligence, criminal charges, and more. The book is called Practice, Energy, Healing, and Integrity, The Joy of Offering Gifts Legally and Ethically. And for those who are interested in getting that profession, you may want to listen up in this uh, important discussion. Live, ladies and gentlemen, plus studios in, in beautiful uh, Eugene, Oregon, um, the amazing energy healer, practitioner, and the first attorney to receive a PhD in energy medicine, and the book Practice, Energy, Healing, and Integrity. Ladies and gentlemen, the multi talented Midge Murphy. Midge, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you Mike it's great to be here. Thanks for having what, me.
3: What's great to have you on board man. So you're an energy healing practitioner and you're the first attorney to receive a PhD in energy medicine. You have a deep understanding of law and uh, alternative healing um Arts from uh, Holos University. If I got that right, you provide consulting services for over fifteen years, and you also had a decade of legal and business experts in the entertainment industry. And your new book is considered the gold standard in ethics, legal issues, and risk management strategies um, for practitioners of energy healing methods. And also, you offer opportunity earn certificates to prove that yeah, you are worthy. The book is called "Practice Energy Healing and Integrity: The Joy of Offering Gifts Legal and Ethically." And before getting on, Mitch. Tell us how you first got started.
4: Okay. Well, I first got started, I think, um, when I moved to Eugene um, after practicing entertainment law in Los Angeles for over a decade, and I decided to become a hospice volunteer. And in my background and my family tradition is we all did a lot of volunteering work. And from that experience, I was exposed to the very first time of any kind of energy healing method. And that was called Therapeutic Touch and it's been around for over 50 years now. It came out of the nursing profession. And when I took the class, I was surprised and amazed how I could just read and feel the energy. It felt so normal to me and so part of who I was that I really hadn't paid any attention to practicing law because you're really not focusing on intuition or health and well-being. You're really using your legal mind to take care of contracts and all the kind of work that you do as an attorney. So that led me to start to explore more about the energy healing world, and I became initiated as the Reiki master, and I've done a lot of shamanic processes. I've studied a lot with indigenous healers for the last 25 years. I'm also certified as a matrix energetics practitioner. So when I started to learn about this program that Carolyn Mace was offering with Norm Sheely, uh, a PhD in energy medicine, I was really intrigued. And again, kind of just following my intuition because it didn't make a lot of sense to me at that point in time. But basically what I did was when I finished my PhD, I realized that there's this void of information and teaching and education that in the energy healing community itself because most people, some people just hang out a shingle and say, I'm an energy healing practitioner or they may go through a weekend workshop. And and I realized that that doesn't really train them to really have a professional practice and to have a legally sound and ethical practice. So my mission, my path of service for the last 17 years is to start to educate and bring the field forward because what's happening out there is that the government, especially certain states, are looking to start to regulate the practice of energy healing methods.
0: Mm. And so
4: that's a whole new ballgame that's starting up and it's creating a lot of misinformation in the energy healing community itself. So there's just a lot of work that still needs to be done to bring a level of professionalism to the field. And so uniquely qualified, being an energy healing practitioner myself with a PhD in energy medicine, And with my business and legal background to provide that kind of education and training and the book, what what you earn a certificate of completion, if you're an energy healing practitioner out there, by taking the exam that's based on the book. So that means you can demonstrate some level of competency and understanding in the basic issues that you need to be aware of as an energy healing practice, working with people one on one in a practice. And so that's a certificate of completion. That's a professional credentials. I also work with training organizations because they need to have their practitioners that they're training or certifying in a certain method to also have a basic legal understanding and training in ethics and legal issues. So I work with them, I offer them a a revenue sharing program where if their students are required to read the book and take the exam as part of their core curriculum to become certified, then they earn a commission on every exam that one of their students purchases. So Hmm. it's a win-win for everyone.
3: Hmm. It sounds like it, too, that um, you you mentioned about the government uh, getting involved with, um, you you know, the regulation of uh, healing and everything. When did that first start and what were some of the cases that led the government to uh, start regulating?
4: It's been going on for quite a while. Um, Back in the Clinton administration, they were starting to, especially the National Institutes of Health, was starting to look at the fact that a lot of the American public were interested in accessing the services of energy healing practitioners. I think it's important to take a step back and get a sense of where do we fit into the current legal and regulatory framework that governs healthcare professionals. And so energy healing methods are considered part of the overarching field or under the umbrella of complementary and alternative medicine. And I like Michael Cohen's definition of complementary and alternative medicine medicine from his book future medicine he talks about it as a consensus term meaning everything out of biowestern medicine so that's a huge group of different kinds of practices and in that field of complementary and energy medicine is there are some practitioners who are licensed in all 50 states that would be chiropractors for instance, mm-hmm. most people are familiar with with the practice of chiropractic medicine. There are some practitioners now that are licensed in some states, but not in others. So that would be like massage therapists, um, acupuncturists, um, naturopathic physicians and nutritionists or registered dietitians. Then there's a whole nother group. And this is where the energy healing practitioners fit into this. And that is completely unregulated. There is no licensing for any energy healing practitioner, any kind of method you may offer anywhere in the United States at this time. The only exception is some States require you to be a licensed massage therapist. If you use any kind of hands-on touch when you're doing your energy healing uh, methods with a client. So that would be Reiki healing touch, therapeutic touch, quantum touch, polarity therapy. There's a number of them. So what the government started to look at back in the Clinton era was there are a lot of people who are accessing these these healers. There's no regulations, there's no standards, there's no credentialing, and yet they can really affect the health and well-being of an individual. So it kind of follows our traditional history of as you start to offer healthcare services to the public, then it becomes regulated. So we license, you know, physicians, nurses, physical therapists, all the mental healthcare people. So it kind of flows that as energy healing practice, practices become more part of the mainstream healthcare field, there needs to be some kind of regulation in order to protect the safety and welfare of the citizens. And I think it's important for the listeners to know that all the licensing statutes that you have in every single state around healthcare professionals is that it falls under the 10th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which allows states to pass laws that protect the safety and welfare of their citizens. So the underlying regulatory value of why we have licensing statutes is for the protection and the safety of the citizens. And so what's been happening as these things have becoming more known and mainstream, the government's realizing, we really need to take a look at this. We wanna make sure our our citizens are being properly treated by these folks. And so this is kind of, it's been kind of a slow movement towards suggesting or requiring licensing. Now, there are a couple states that actually have to register as an energy healing practitioner. Vermont is one of them, but some states have actually proposed legislation Massachusetts is one of them that would require energy healing practitioners to be licensed in that state. So I think this is just a normal evolution of a field that is now becoming more professional. There's been more research done about the safety and efficacy of energy healing methods. And so it's all coming together in a way to just protect the safety and welfare of people who want to access these kinds of practitioners.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and you also talked about uh accessing care uh you know through the government and uh government regulation and everything there's also been um we talk about you know people accessing medicare medicaid and all the government programs healthcare.org and everything else um are any of these uh going to be in the medicare medicaid system are they already in place or are they totally exempt from it
4: they're totally exempt they're it's not even recognized i mean the the healthcare field doesn't even recognize energy healing or energy medicine as a legitimate field of of practice. I mean, there's a lot of people that think it's all woo-woo and it's on the fringe, and it's you know it's a bunch of lunatics that do it. There's a lot of mis- misconceptions about the practice of energy healing methods. So right now, it's not part of any kind of insurance or any kind of program that you could be involved with as, as a you know as a citizen accessing the healthcare in our in our country. Um, a, at some point maybe it would be covered by insurance. Now the thing is chiropractic services, acupuncture, those kinds of CAM practices or complementary and alternative medicine practices that are licensed are more accessible to people on insurance and they're covered by insurance. So it's possible that as the field moves forward becomes more regulated and accepted into the mainstream healthcare system that very well could be covered under insurance. But right now, that's not the case.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about some of the states uh, being licensed you mentioned about Massachusetts. What are some of the states that are the most lenient and what are some of the, the most uh are most
4: strict about it? It really varies. I mean, you're talking about licensing boards, because the biggest risk that non-licensed energy healing practitioners face is being charged with practicing medicine or psychotherapy without a license. And it's a crime. So there's a myth out there that, oh, they're going to throw you in jail. That's not the case. But you could very easily get a cease and desist letter with a licensing board in your state, or if you're offering your services across state lines, any licensing board could say you're practicing medicine without a license because you're doing healing and therefore you can't practice. You're not licensed to do so. So I think it's important for to understand what the risks are, and there there are significant. But there are ways in which you can mitigate your risks, reduce your risk if you put in, if you implement risk management strategies, and that's what I'm all about. It's like, how can I empower you to offer your services to the public and reduce the amount of risks that you have based on how you're advertising your services to the public, on your website, what kind of testimonials and claims do you use, and making sure you have a legally sound client agreement and disclosure statement. So there are some states that have what we call safe harbor laws or healthcare freedom laws, um, and those states are in some degrees more lenient. And to more address your question, but what those laws are, are is, let's take California for instance. California has a healthcare freedom law, and the the legislature recognized, hey, we have a lot of alternative healing arts practitioners in our state. Our citizens would like to access their services, but there's just this dark cloud and fear that if they do, those alternative healing practitioners will be considered practicing medicine without a license. Mm -hmm. So the state said, okay, what can we do to allow for our citizens to access these practitioners? And it's based on the very essential ethical principle of autonomy, which Mm -hmm. is the, the client or the patient's right to choose. So what the state said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pass a law that says, if you are an alternative healing arts practitioner and you want to offer your services to the states, here are the things you cannot do. You cannot, obviously very common sense things. You cannot do surgery. You cannot uh, do, you know, prescribe medication. You cannot stop people from taking their medications or advise them not to. You can't, um, you know, suture a wound or any of those kinds of basic things or diagnose any kind of, you know, disease or or medical condition. And if you have a client agreement and disclosure statement that has certain elements, components, one is the theoretical basis upon which you are offering your services, the statement and disclosure that your services are not licensed by the state of California, and some other things, then you are free to go and offer your services to the public. So it's not a license to practice, but it's a perfect description of safe harbor. It creates a space for you to be able to offer your services to the public without that huge threat of being charged with practicing medicine without a license. Now, in my experience of working with hundreds of people and clients is that I might talk to someone who's in a state that has a health care freedom law. There's 11 now, right now that have these. And I said, hey, do you know you have a healthcare freedom law that you can take advantage of here? oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh yeah, I heard about that. And yeah, I know we have one, but they don't, they're not in compliance with the law. And so they're not protected by it. So it doesn't do you any good to be in a healthcare freedom law state practicing if you're not in compliance with the law. And what I've noticed is most practitioners are not, and so they're not being protected. So there's just the states and licensing boards tend to be fairly strict. And there's, a, there is some case law that's been around for over a hundred years. There's a case in New York where there was a gentleman who was doing just hands-on healing with people. He wasn't charging a fee and he was charged with practicing medicine without out of license in New York. And this was like in the early 1900s, I think. And that, and that Wait, without law, the snake I'm oil, working. of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's some people say, well, that's not fair. And yeah, I understand that the playing field is not level, but we still have to operate under the current legal and regulatory framework that governs all of us who offer our healthcare services to the public.
3: Mm -hmm. This uh, this point came to my mind as well, too. You have the state hospitals, you have the corporate hospitals and everything. Would would they be considered a threat to the the state hospital system or government hospital system or anything like that? Would it be like, beneficial or like conflict or anything like that?
4: No, I mean, I think it would be great. I mean, when I was um, as a hospice volunteer, I would do therapeutic touch in our local hospital with with our patients or at, at their homes. So it was very well received. Some some hospitals are a little more open to these, these kinds of things, doing Reiki. There's some medical intuitives that work in hospitals. So that's more that integrative care model that we're all moving towards. Our government is moving towards it. The states are so we can integrate both these traditional and non-traditional approaches because people just don't want to be sewn up or just don't want to take a pill. They want their whole holistic way of looking at their health and well-being. And we know that's mind, body and spirit. And Mm -hmm. so this is what people are really looking for. And this is a component in which the energy healing methods can really contribute to the health and well-being people that that want to access these kinds of practices
3: that is rather interesting of course there's a basic issues that are involved and uh, how to navigate the healing and try to do it legally you'll get more from uh, Midge Murphy in the book uh practice energy healing and integrity the joy of offering gifts Legal and legally ethically but first listen to the Mike whitener show at the mike powered by Sonic web studios Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all you needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today one 800 303 3960 That's one 800 303 3960 or email to support at SonicWebStudios.com. Studios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner show get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout-out to our official sponsor, The Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia molson If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia molson available on Amazon and paperback and Ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and Ebook. Missing by Mia and zia has gone great reviews. And Eve 11 enjoys by how it's leveraged, including Joanna Cassidy, Forbes Riley, and many others. So grab your copy today for goes missing by Mia wilson Available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at the themikewidenershow.com and on 40 podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeart, Anchor FM, iTunes, Apple... Odyssey and shoot Rumble YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and also in Spreaker as well. Take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Wider Show Podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24/7. Go to Amazon.com, check out the Mike Winer Show Podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash me and zia for great books like Missing, once and Wrinkles, also t-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash and Mosin tia Check it out today and support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the Show.com. We're here at energy uh, healing practitioner and the first attorney to receive a PhD in energy medicine and also the author of the book, Practice Energy, Healing, and Integrity, the Joy of Offering Gifts, Legally and Ethically, Midge Murphy here on the Mike Weiner Show. And before we, we continue about the book, there are some basic, basic issues that um, you touched upon. And, um, of course, some of the basics, you know, you cover and everything like, you know, some's happened and also some of the legalities and everything. And, um, you know, explain more about the basic issues when it comes to all that.
4: Well, I think it's important to understand that There are people out there that have no background or training and they have really good intentions. They may have experienced an energy healing method that they really had some really remarkable results from that they felt resonant with, that they wanted to learn more about and wanted to be trained in. And I honor that. But having an interest and just taking a class or reading a book or doing a weekend workshop doesn't make you an ethically sound practitioner. There's a lot more that goes into the therapeutic relationship between an energy healing practitioner and a client. And I think there's a lack of of acknowledgement and and knowing about that in general in the field itself, because most of them say, well, of course I'm ethical, I wanna help people. And that's great, but there's so much more involved in having a client-centered practice. You have to understand what the fiduciary relationship is between the client and the practitioner. And that's the trust, the level of trust And there's the issue of the power differential that's inherent in all therapeutic relationships. And there's issues of transference and counter transference and boundaries and all these kinds of issues that you need to be aware of and trained in in order to really be able to be uh, an effective and ethical practitioner. And this is how you also honor your clients is to educate yourself and to make sure that you are bringing the most uh, highly professional in integrity services. And that's not going to be possible if you don't have this kind of training. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one important thing to understand. So I mentioned that what the major risks are if you're not licensed. And and that's really something that you need to consider. Another thing that a lot of energy healing practitioners don't understand is that you may be, let's say you're in uh, North Carolina and you're working with clients in California. Well, you think, well, I'm in North Carolina. I'm subject to the laws and regulations in North Carolina. And that's true. But because you're working with the client in California, you are also subject to the laws and regulation of the the state of California. So I think there's a lot of sort of myths around things and and not a, a great understanding about just sort of the basics of having an energy healing practice and how do you create a safe place for your clients? when they may go through some kind of a transformation or slightly altered state of consciousness when they're doing an energy healing method, that's very, very common. So there's a lot to consider and I cover all of that information in my book. And I think it's important that, you know, you may be a licensed practitioner. I work a lot with licensed practitioners, MDs, nurses, physical therapists, uh, all the all the mental health care professionals from psychologists to LPCs, licensed professional counselors, and a lot of them are wanting to integrate these kinds of energy modalities into their practices because they work <laughs> and mm-hmm. they see the results with the patients that they work with. But they have to be very careful. Their risk in, in bringing in these non-traditional methods into their practices is it could be considered unprofessional conduct, which would subject them to professional discipline for practicing below the standards of care as defined by law in their statutes and or below the standards, or outside their legally defined scope of practice. So it's not like, oh, I'm licensed, I can do whatever I want. There have been a number of physicians and other licensed healthcare professionals who have lost their licenses because they brought in energy healing methods into their practices. So again, you have to be very mindful about how you integrate those, what kind of documentation you need, it's all doable. So we've got two major groups here, licensed and non-licensed, very different risks that they face, but it can be managed, and if it's done mindfully with and with knowledge and with an expert that knows what they're doing to help you.
3: What are some other examples of uh, unpro- unprofessional conduct?
4: Well, there's a lot of things that can happen, and you know the biggest one that you see with respect to licensed healthcare professionals is sexual misconduct with a patient, um, having a problem with drugs and alcohol, um, not keeping records confidential. There was someone who got disciplined. This was, I think, in Oregon. For for they're very strict rules around how you keep your records, and they weren't managing their records properly. And and they were they were they weren't suspended. They were suspended with a t- time to to get their practice up to speed so they were in compliance with all of that. So there's there's a number of things that um, you know failure to refer, lack of failure to get informed consent. There's a lot of different legal um, or ethical violations that can occur, um, and so you ha- again, you have to know what it is that you can legally do d- depending on whether you're licensed or non-licensed.
3: Mm-hmm. And you also offer uh, various uh, risk management uh, strategies as well too, and that's gotta be the most important as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's critical, it's essential. So I have a number of packages and you know, it's like, for instance, a website, you need a you need website a- disclaimer and that's the legal document that governs the relationship between you and visitors to your website. And I think if you're an energy healing practitioner, whether you're licensed or non-licensed, you really need to know about the Federal Trade Commission. That's the regulatory agency that governs how you offer your services to the public, how you advertise your services to the public. They have a task force and they've had it now for I think at least a decade. And they're looking at these new methods, these new things that can cure this and this and this and this that that are not meeting the standards of the Federal Trade Commission. And that is, if you make any kind of a claim about the curative ability of whatever you're offering, either in a client testimonial or just in how you're describing your services on the website, 99% of the websites I look like look at are in violation of Federal Trade Commission rules and regulations because any kind of claim must be supported by competent and, and, and competent and reliable scientific proof. And what that means is double-blind, placebo-controlled, human criti- clinical trials with a lot of research being done that's been published in peer-reviewed journals. And that really hasn't happened much yet for any kind of energy healing. Therapeutic Touch has got some great studies. I think Healing Touch has done some studies. I think Polarity Therapy has done some studies. And, of course, Emotional Freedom Techniques or EFT Tapping There's been a ton of studies over the last 25 years um, for stress relief and other kinds of issues dealing with anxiety and depression and PTSD. So there's a growing amount of research that's being done that brings the attention of the powers that be and the regulatory and licensing boards that begin to say, okay, there is something here and we need to take a look at it. We're still moving towards that acceptance and it's not fully there yet.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about the uh, Ricky healers, the healing, and also PTSD, and all the um the specialized healing techniques, and everything else like acupuncture and everything else. What is the one specific area that is the most difficult to regulate, or the one specific area that is the most difficult to, well, uh, you know, get compliance? Like you uh, have all this, have all that. What what's the one area that's most difficult?
4: I don't really know, Mike. I mean, I think it's possible to have some way to regulate. Uh, energy healing practices um there's you know categories of them there's different ones and I think um you know there's some rumblings about putting together some kind of a national um group organization so that energy healing practitioners may be the major stakeholders that have larger schools and training schools can come together and say, hey we need to do some self-regulation here we need to come together and create some kind of standards and credentialing for our field. And I think the government would welcome that, the states would welcome that because, you know, they really don't understand what energy healing is. And so I think if we could have some kind of input and ability to interact with governmental agencies and licensing boards so that, you know, we can really help them understand how is the best way to regulate these kinds of practices that still fit within our, you know, how we, license and how we take care of the healthcare field and people that offer their services to the public. So I think, you know, we're taking baby steps and um, it's going to take a while, but this is the momentum that's happening out there right now.
3: Mm-hmm. and you also offer a certificate of, of completion and we'll talk more about that with um Mitch Murphy from the book uh, practice energy healing and integrity the joy of offering gifts legally and ethically how to i uh, get certified we'll find out in just one minute you listen to the Mike Wagner show at the mikewagnershow.com powered by Soundwave Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner show International warring author Mia Moslens missing we'll be back with author Mitch Murphy of
0: 3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today mention the mike wagner show and get 20% off your project sonic web studios take your image to the next level
1: hey everybody my name is forbes riley and i'm an american actress and a tv host and i was delighted when i got my copy of missing which is extraordinary relation of ordinary people based on a real life relationship it's just it's well written it's amazing Bye-bye.
3: Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to The Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with author Mitch Murphy of uh, Practice, Energy, Healing, and Integrity, The Joy of Offering Gifts Legal and Ethically here on The Mike Wagner Show. You offer an opportunity to earn a certificate of completion, um, preventing lawsuits, malpractice, negligence, criminal charges, and more. And um, Taos, how do you earn a certificate of completion?
4: It's actually really easy. You read my book (laughs) and you take the exam based on my book. It's an online exam. It's an open book exam. And the exam can only be purchased on my website, MidgeMurphy.com, And the book can be purchased on Amazon, um, the print and the Kindle version. And if you like a PDF version, you can purchase that on my website. So it's really easy. You can do it from the comfort of your home. It's self-paced. Um, and so it's really kind of a very simple process. And with training organizations, um, they do the same thing. They they require their their students going through certification to take this essential legal and ethical training in order to be certified. And so I think as we get more and more realizing that without this training, We're not going to move forward. We're not going to have a a level of professionalism where we can really go out and practice and help a lot of people.
3: Mm -hmm. And, And also, too, this came to mind. What about pets? That came to mind. Pets? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
4: <laughs> I, just, I
3: just thought of that just a moment ago. It's like, you know, Molly's considered our dog. She's a beagle boxer. You know, pets come into play. Did you ever? Absolutely. Yes. yes.
4: I do a lot of work with pets. I don't really have my I'm really focusing on my book and exam right now and the other services I offer. But in my own energy healing practice, um, I've worked a lot with animals and they respond beautifully to energy healing methods you have to be very careful. Uh, you have to make sure that if you're offering your services to, to pets, that you're not in violation of your state's Veterinary Practice Act. So for example, in Oregon where I'm at, the, uh, the license for veterinarians, veterinarians actually allows me to work with an animal if I have a referral from a vet. And I've never had a problem getting a referral to work on an animal. Some states you'd have to kind of check and see. Some states you might can do energy healing work with with animals without needing to have that referral. It depends on what your state laws are. So yeah, animals really they respond beautifully to energy healing methods. And um yeah, they definitely are part of this the process of who we can be in service to is not just humans, but definitely to animals as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And and certainly most important deed. And uh where can we find your book and how can where can we purchase and what's your website?
4: Well, my website is MidgeMurphy.com, and as I mentioned, my uh, book can be purchased on Amazon, and I actually published it in 2015, and then during the pandemic, I spent some time expanding it, updating it, so it was republished in 2020 with a lot of it, uh, more content and more addressing some of the current issues that we're facing. Mm-hmm. So it's available as a print book on Amazon, and the Kindle version is also available on Amazon. And then some people prefer the PDF version, and that can be purchased on my website. But the exam can only be purchased um, on my website at midmurphy.com.
3: We will certainly check that as well, too. And for those looking to take the exam, just go to our website. We're here with author Midge Murray, an energy healing practitioner and um, a first attorney, uh, received Ph.D. in energy medicine. Midge Murphy here on the Mike Widener Show in the book, Practice Energy, Healing and Integrity, the Joy of Offering Gifts to Legally and Eth- Ethically. And what else can you expect from me in 2023 and beyond, Midge? Well, what, else thinking- can we- okay. what else can we expect from me in 2023 and beyond?
4: Well, I think it'd be interesting to share some information about those folks who maybe are curious about becoming an energy healing practitioner and some advice I would give them. I would make sure that if you're interested in a certain method that you take a look at that website and make sure they have a legitimate certification program. And because you can you can get certified by taking a weekend workshop, and that is really not valid, and it's unethical. You cannot be trained in a weekend work, workshop. So some of the things I would be looking for if I was looking to become an energy healing practitioner and get training would be that there's some workshops where you can go and actually learn the method. And that's important. And then you have to practice the method. So you'd have practice clients. You'd have somebody from the program that would mentor you so that they would sort of guide you and and watch you and make sure that what you were doing once you're trying the method with a real person a practice client that you actually know what you're doing and that you're practicing safely and so that's important to also maybe film one of your practice sessions so your mentor can watch it or you have your mentor with you during a live practice session so they really can as- assess and evaluate how you actually apply this method in a therapeutic setting, absolutely critical. Another thing I would look for in a program is that you would also become a person who would receive this particular method yourself. So it's one thing to learn it and to provide it to others, but it's also a very valuable experience for you to be the person who's receiving this kind of, so you have that understanding, you've had that experience of of having or receiving this type of energy healing method. And you definitely need to be trained in ethics and legal issues. That's critical if you're gonna have a legally sound practice. So I think you do your due diligence. You're really looking for a high quality professional uh, training program or school out there. Um, And I would really avoid things that are fly by night or you get certified by just going to a weekend workshop or reading a manual. I don't think that's legitimate. And I think it's actually doing a disservice to you if you're wanting to become a highly professional practitioner. And then maybe if you're just a consumer and you're saying, gosh, I'm really fascinated by energy healing, but I'm not sure who I would go to and what I would do and what I should ask about. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, there's that's, again, as a consumer, if you're interested in working with an energy healing practitioner, do your homework, do your due diligence, ask them questions. Can they very easily explain to you in two or three sentences the theoretical basis of the method that they offer? Can they guide you towards some research that's been done about this method? Um, what is their training and background? Have there, are they certified? How long have they been practicing? Do they have a certificate of completion in ethics and legal issues and risk management? So as a consumer, you want to make sure you're just not walking into someone's office who's someone who said, oh yeah, I'm an energy healing practitioner and they hung a the sign up. That, that to me is is critical and it puts that consumer at risk Because there's this myth out there that these energy healing methods are safe, non-invasive and no one ever gets hurt. And that's a complete and utter myth. People do get hurt energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally, these methods can cause harm. So I think it's important for someone who's interested in engaging the services of an energy healing practitioner to do your homework and, and feel comfortable and feel like that person is highly professional acting with integrity, and has the credentials behind what they're offering.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's very important indeed as well, too. We'll make sure of that. And who do you consider biggest influence in your career?
4: Oh, there's been several. Um, I think meeting Carolyn Mace. She wrote Sacred Contracts and some other books. And I was involved with her and Norm Sheely, who I also was a very big catalyst for my entry into this world because he was my dissertation committee head. And I started looking and really going through this energy healing or energy medicine uh, PhD program with Carolyn and Norm sort of under their auspices. And so they've been a great teachers and mentors to me over the years. And I think, you know, the teachers I've had in terms of some of the indigenous teachers that I worked with and trained with over the years have highly influenced my work. Um, and so, yeah, I think those folks to really have really sort of steered me towards this pa- unusual path that it's turned out to be what mm. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and certainly amazing as well, too. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point?
4: Hmm. I think sort of really take the time to connect with nature. Okay. I think that there's so much that can be experienced in a quiet place with nature. And I say that because I'm a certified forest therapy guide as well. And I do guided forest immersion walks on my, on my forest here in Eugene, Oregon. And I see in the research that's been done and what I've noticed about our deep connection to nature and how when we can rekindle that and remember that, that it's hugely important to our health and well-being and to the health and well-being of the planet.
3: Mm-hmm. And very important as well. So get out there and take a walk today. We recommend that to everybody. We're here with author Mitch Murphy of um, Practice, Energy, Healing, and Integrity, the Joy of Offering Gifts Legal and Ethically here on the Mike Weiner Show. Mitch, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot from you. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up date. Keep in touch. Live have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your book?
4: It's MidgeMurphy.com, and you can purchase the book on Amazon and the exam based on the book on my website.
3: We'll certainly do that as well. Once again, Midge, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live happy back. Wish you all the best. And Midge, you definitely have a great future. Have you?
4: <laughs> thank you, Mike. I'm appreciated being here with you and really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much.
0: The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios.